How one man's facial hair made another a winner at the game of life. Welcome to American Esoterica. If history class gives you the turkey, this is the stuffing, the essential stuff in between, the personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. So we're a little obsessed with Abraham Lincoln. After all, he is one of the most beloved presidents in American history, and he managed to pull a nation back together in its darkest moment while putting the nail in the coffin of slavery. His effect on this nation is still felt today. His life, leadership, and untimely death all remain very much in the forefront of our collective consciousness. And even seemingly inconsequential events sent ripples throughout history. Take, for instance, the time he grew a beard at the urging of 11-year-old Grace Bedell. She had written a letter to the presidential candidate in 1860, saying that he should grow some whiskers because his face was too thin. He took her advice and even met her in person after he had won the election. Not only did she earn a place in history, but her letter prompted a change in the fortunes of another man who would take his own place in American culture. Milton first tried his hand as a draftsman and a patent agent, and in 1856, he landed a job with the Locomotive Works. A recession hit in 1858 and he found himself out of a job. So he went into business for himself and ultimately learned lithography. He had just bought a press and set up a lithography business in Springfield, Massachusetts in January of 1860, when he finally found a gold mine. The 24-year-old was making fast money by capitalizing on the presidential election. At the suggestion of the chairman of the Republican convention, Milton was printing up color copies of a picture of a candidate for president, a not all that well-known former congressman from Illinois named Abraham Lincoln. It was a bestseller and his most famous work. And then Grace Bedell wrote her letter. One day, a recent customer came back to Milton's shop to return his Lincoln lithograph. He complained that it didn't look like the candidate, who now sported a full beard. The Lincoln lithographs stopped selling and Milton burned his remaining stock. His business teetered on the edge of bankruptcy and the looming civil war wasn't helping. Luckily, Milton had been working on a backup plan. He had been visiting with a friend who had brought out an old board game from England. Milton decided he would put his own spin on it. Players would move through a series of virtues and vices, each with good or bad consequences for landing on them. The point was to hit the highs and avoid the lows in a sort of twisted morality game that could land you in such places as ruin or even suicide. It was pretty dark. If the player made enough of the right moves, the game would end at happy old age. Milton gave it an appropriately cynical title, The Checkered Game of Life. It was a play on words as the game board resembled the one for checkers. As his Lincoln lithograph production went bust, he poured more effort into his new board game and it became a hit. He wound up selling more than 40,000 copies of it that first year. As the Civil War dragged on, Milton found new ways to print money. He made small sets of traveling games that could be purchased and played by soldiers. He was the first manufacturer of croquet sets. 
Later, he became obsessed with and advocated for the implementation of kindergarten education in schools. This is how he wound up with yet another market for his games and educational supplies, although his company was initially donating them to kindergartens free of charge. His company survived for decades, outliving him, and for its centennial anniversary in 1960, a new version of Milton's original game was released. Some of the cynicism and morality was scraped off the top, and players now competed to wind up as a millionaire in the updated Game of Life. The company Milton had started had hit it big, and it still bore his name, Milton Bradley. And remember that you have Abraham Lincoln to thank the next time you lose it, Twister. This has been American Esoterica. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just want to gush over your Beanie Baby collection? Drop me a note. The address is yell at AmericanEsoterica.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless America.